Hello and welcome to the Every Woman podcast. I'm Anna, editor of Every Woman, and every month we'll be bringing you the stories, insights and opinions of inspiring people in business on a wide range of topics, asking the questions you want the answers to and doubtless prompting some more in the process. We're here at the offices of Sky Central Studios, talking today to Chris Stiliano, COO and a prominent male agent for change and member of the Women's Business Council. And we're going to be discussing the powerful role that male allies have to play in influencing gender diversity. Welcome, Chris. Hi. So let's start with a a context. What prompted you to become a male agent of change and, and why is it important to you? Well, a couple of things. One, um, I'm a sort of a proud father of two, two daughters and a son. Um, so obviously, when you're, you've got kids, you think about their futures. Um, so it's become more important to me to sort of think about uh, the future they've got and making sure that my daughters have as many equal opportunities as, as my son. So that, that was one prompt. Um, and secondly, actually, a prompt from um, a senior woman within Sky who uh, sort of tasked us with the question as to were we doing enough um, you know and from her perspective she thought we could do much more um, to get behind gender uh, equality at Sky and that, and that in itself um, made, made me think and ponder especially having had the, the, the two girls um, mm. and, and that's why I felt it important to, to sort of take a lead and get involved. When did you realise that it, that you had to make this change? When were, when were these conversations happening and did you realise the extent to sort of gender disparity before you had your kids? Because I know that's a big, uh, it's a big impetus for a lot of people to start thinking and looking in new ways. Yeah. Uh, to be honest, not really. Um, my, I'm Greek uh, by, by background. Um, I had a, uh, have a wonderful mum who sort of balanced the household. So I was always surrounded by quite um, sort of strong women who, you know, ba- balanced the sort of conversation that I was brought up in. And certainly uh, f- whilst my career prior to Sky uh, was in accountancy. When, when I came to Sky, most of my teams have had a, a good mix um, of, of women and, and, and men, and I've really benefited from that. So I sort of personally never really saw uh, a massive disparity, but, you know, as I moved up the organisation and, like I said, you know, sort of women within the organisation were questioning what we were doing as an, as, as an exec, it became clear and the trigger of having sort of girls just makes you, I guess, think a bit more. One so, step more, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, it, like I say it crept up on, on me, but certainly when you, you sort of sit back and think about these broader sort of people issues, um, it became apparent that we, we needed to do something. Um, and I certainly felt very uh, keen to sort of get involved. Let's talk more about um, the idea of male allies. I mean, there's a lot of talk about, you know, normalising gender parity and the conversations that are going on. Do you feel that it's something that can only be achieved with men and women working together? I mean, you know, what can a male agent of change specifically bring to the conversation? I, absolutely. I think um, you have to have... Uh, both men and women um, supporting and getting involved in in gender parity uh, for for a number of reasons. Um, You need men involved because the math just means there are more men at the top of organisations who uh, have sort of the power to to make change. So they have to get involved and believe in it um, for me, um, for you to be able to sort of move the dial um, and you need women obviously to to get involved um, to sort of shape the kind of things that, act as barriers um, to stop women 
progressing through companies or you know progressing their careers so you need a balance of both and you know we certainly found out in the early days when you focus too too much on women alone um you, you sort of kept kept it in a bit of a ghetto uh and we didn't make as much uh progress uh, until the point where that we really pushed hard to sort of get men um also engaged with the topic because it's that idea of making it the norm, isn't it? That's the real challenge. You know, you can you can uh, make it an issue, you can make it a challenge, but to make something the norm means everybody having a shift in attitude, doesn't it? Yeah, that, ex- exactly right. And as we said before we, we started, um, you want it to be BAU. You don't actually want us to be here today <laughs> talking about it as, as an issue. And as you say, for it to be the norm, it just needs everyone to be involved and... Mm-hmm. You know, that's not only for gender, but broader diversity as well. So, uh, you know, as I said, I, I think it's really important that you get a broad breadth of um, the organisation to sort of put their shoulder to the wheel to sort of fix something that's obviously um, unbalanced. Given that we want everybody on there, and as you say, eventually we want to not even have to have a podcast like this, male agents of change have become much more uh, to the fore over the past decade, maybe two decades. Do you find in your experience as a male agent of change that this is across the board? Is it is it uh, more prevalent in leadership roles or young men coming up? What's what's the sort of landscape uh, in your view? Um, I, I think there's a bit of passage of time. Um, there's, there's a bit of realisation that it's just the right thing to do. We, we really believe that as Sky. You know, that ultimately was the, the sort of big driver for us to make a change when we sort of stood back, like I said, and thought about it. It just didn't feel right. Um, mm. Certainly when you look at it, both internally, um, you know, we're very well balanced at the bottom of the organisation, but not at the top. And that just just seems wrong. Um, and certainly when you look at our customer base, the UK is 50-50, if not a bit um, more in, in favour of, of, of women. So to have an organisation that sells products to to the UK and not, not be representative also felt a bit strange. Um, so, you know, I think there's just a general realisation that, like I said, it's the right thing to do. Now, there are also hundreds of um, bits of research that prove that having a diverse workforce is better f- for your business, it's better in terms of your profits, it's better in terms of your culture. Um, so th- there really is no reason not to get involved in it. And actually, it, it really just comes down to me sort of down to the effort of engaging with the the issue and, and making positive change to sort of improve. Well, let's talk about some of that positive change and some of the the specific things you've been doing at Sky. So you've launched a number of programmes and initiatives. Um, I've got here the Women in Interleadership Programme and the Women in Tech Scholarship. So tell me a little bit about them and, and you know, why you chose to implement them. And I think you, I believe you lead them as well still. Yeah, yes. that's right. Yeah. Well, we did, we, did um, we started the journey just over sort of two, two and a half years ago and we did quite a few things. Some of them very pragmatic, foundational uh, things. So we started with recruitment, uh, as simple as sort of rewriting our ads and making them um, more attractive to to women. You know, we used to use very male um, sort of photography and some of the words were were sort of, you know, like I said, not appealing to to women. So we we changed that. Like what? 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 Words. Well, just sort of, you know, very standard corporate language. And so quite, act- yeah, and, yeah and alienating. Actually, you know, when we spoke to, to women, they, they would put stuff in a different way that we hadn't even contemplated before. So uh, we made relatively simple changes like that. 
uh, harder things we did. We put 50-50 candidate lists in. So um, basically encouraging us to broaden the pool of um, candidates that we saw. That adds a bit of time to the recruitment process, but obviously gives you a, a much broader breadth of resource and talent to sort of go after. Um, and we saw that had a massive impact in terms of the sort of um, number of women that we're bringing into the, the organization. Uh, we obviously didn't reduce the quality of what we were looking for, but we just had more people to choose from. Um, we talked a lot about um, why we were, were going after gender. Um, we introduced networks, we, we socialized why mm. we were doing this. and. In the early days, it was a bit of pushback, um, both from men and women, funnily enough. And so we took a, a while <clears throat> to sort of land the, the sort of direction of travel and what we were trying to achieve. Uh, we did some development for, for women, and I'll talk a bit about sort of the, the, the two things you mentioned earlier uh, in a minute. And then we also introduced um, sponsoring, where we, we took our senior women uh, and the la layers below and, and sort of paired them up with sponsors who you know basically got to know uh, their, their sponsees uh, their aspirations their skills um, you know where they wanted to take their careers and they basically you know acted on their behalf in talent conversations and looking out for um, various opportunities including encouraging those women to maybe stretch outside of their normal thinking um, because we know as a, as a fact that women will, when they look at jobs, want to be able to tick off 100% of the job description. I'm not sure you could say the same for, for blokes. <laughs> um, so, you know, we, we, did, we did a lot of work with, with our women to sort of say, right, you know, just be a bit more um, sort of confident in going for stuff that you've obviously got the core skill set for, if not 100% mm. of the things that you want to do in the job descriptions. So we did quite a lot of foundational stuff in the early days, which got um, the numbers moving before we moved to some of the specifics like the Women Into Leadership Programme and, and Women Into Tech. Is this something that you think that all businesses should take the time to do rather than sort of putting a plaster on of maybe an initiative that hasn't been thought about? That actually, as you say, the fundamentals, the attitudinal shifts and, and the simple changes, as you say, not all the changes have to be massive. They just have to be well thought out, don't they? That that's actually good business and that's real change at ground level. Yeah. Absolutely, and sort of, like I said, you, you either think it's the right thing to do, and I challenge anyone to think it's the to, wrong, to yeah. say it's the wrong thing to do. Um, and like I said, there's loads of research to say that um, you know it, it it delivers business benefits. The thing I often hear back, though, from a variety of people, whether it's internal to Sky or, or you know more often outside of Sky, it's often it's a lot of hard work. Uh, is it really worth um, that in the short term? And actually, you know, as I described, a lot of the stuff um, I think is very pragmatic. It just needs effort and a bit of focus. And once you get over the um, sort of hump of actually putting in that effort, you know. We, we certainly saw results move quite quickly. Uh, and you also get added benefits where your people um, sort of appreciate the fact that you're spending time on their development and you get a halo effect of uh, engagement scores as well going up. So from my perspective, it, it's a win-win. Um, yeah. And the only thing you have to do is, is, is a bit of focus and a bit of effort. I mean, you talked about getting a little bit of pushback in the early days from men and from women. What, on what basis was the pushback? Was it just because it was hard work or? 
Um, does all change get pushed back? <laughs> Probably. Yes, um, sometimes, yes, it does. Um, well, for, for men, uh, it was uh, there was a lot of sort of this is discriminating against uh, us. Um, I, I, I hold little sway with that argument. Um, I, I think men, including myself, have had an uneven playing field for <laughs> millennia, and just the fact that we're trying to even the playing field, um, not discriminate, is 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 just. The, the right thing to do, as I, as I said. Mm. From women, um, it was a funny reaction. I mean, you know, you had obviously a lot of women who were supportive of this could see the rationale. But you, I did come across some women who, you know, th their response was, I I've managed to get to the top of the organisation. I've worked hard all my life. Why do we need to do this? Um, surely it's, you know, just down to y yourself and, and some hard work, um, which is true. You know, obviously there's some women that have done very well. But like I said, um, sort of articulation of what we're trying to do is just level the playing field and make it fair um, mm. across the board. So That's interesting. I mean, that, that sort of sense of slightly feeling uh, as a woman that you would be a bit undermined that everything yeah. you, you know, that you, everything you had done, you've done by yourself. Yeah. Yes, it's, a, it's an interesting um it's an interesting balance. Tell me, tell me then, let's move on to the Women in Leadership Programme and the Women in Tech Scholarship. As two, you know, flagship programmes, how did they come about and what do they involve? So after we did these sort of foundational things, we saw that we had um, quite a, a, a quick improvement in our, in our numbers. So we moved very quickly from 30% of our um, sort of senior leaders being women to just under 40% in, in a couple of years, which... You know, surprised all of us, in, including myself. But then we sort of plateaued, um, and it became obvious that to attack um, sort of the next phase of um, sort of achieving our, our, our um, target of getting, getting complete gender um, parity was that we needed to go after some specific other um, hurdles or barriers. One of which was the sort of layer below that senior group. Um, you know, how do we help them? sort of improve their skills, um, you know, improve their sort of ability to push for, for, for jobs. And we introduced um, Women Into Leadership, which is a sort of a two-year uh, programme that, you know, develops their skills, um, gives them a, a specific sponsor, similar to the, the sponsorship scheme, and also sort of just gives them access to sort of networking opportunities. And we've invested just under £10,000 per, per person who's on that course. It's a two-year course, and then they end up with a, a sort of an official qualification. And it's really just getting them ready um, for, you know, moving to, to that next level. Uh, the Women in Tech, um, and we've also got a Women in Home Service program, is slightly different. That's going after some areas that historically um, have less women uh, in the resource pool for, an, for a number of reasons. You know, tech and engineering from a school age, as I'm sure we all know, um, we don't have enough girls going into those 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 um, subject areas. So you don't get them sort of coming out of the, the back end when, when they reach work age. So we've made some interjections where we're actually trying to train um, women in those areas. One, to give them access, because they may never have thought about, you know, becoming coders in, in, in technology or indeed, you know, working in uh, as a sort of outside engineer, um, putting up dishes and sort of bringing Sky to customers' homes. So <clears throat> each one is slightly different, but at the heart of it, they get to sort of do some training that we support. Um, the home service one is a bit more um, in-depth. You spend six months and then at the back of that, if you want a job and you, you reach the required standard, we, we basically 
um, put you straight into uh, our engineer workforce. So those are uh, very focused, um, I want to say it's tactical, but they're, they're sort of trying to get to the, the root of, of why there aren't enough women in those industries in the first place. What have you noticed? I mean, how long have they been, both been going? So just um, over a year. Right. Um, okay. So they're quite in their infancy. Yeah, they're, they're, so they're, um, like I said, we did the foundational stuff and then we, we sort of went to the, to the next level with these. Um, what we're finding is the, the reaction to them um, is very, very positive. The women in tech um, has sort of been very well received externally. Um, and, the, you know, there's, we, again, we've, we've managed to get a halo effect in terms of our um, sort of brand, which I think companies often forget that when they, they sort of take a leadership position, um, mm. certainly around people issues, that, that really benefits as well. Uh, in home service, we, we actually saw a massive uptake internally from our uh, contact centres. So um, both our contact centres and, and our home service divisions um, are well known for their service quality. What I didn't expect was that we'd actually have um, a lot of our women in, in our service centres, you know, putting their hands up to sort of take on a new a new challenge and, and within the same sort of area of service, but obviously some, some different skills. And, and that's been brilliant to see. And we're literally getting through um, the first um, quota of those, uh, uh, that group. Um, and we're hoping that sort of, I think it's around 70 are going to, move into full-time employment as home engineers soon. So that would be brilliant. So has it sort of exceeded your expectations then for the first year, both of them? Uh, yeah. It, it or did has. you not have any expectations? Well, no, I had, yeah, I did. <laughs> I mean, the thing I've been ultimately surprised with everything we've done is how quickly um, you see the numbers turn and, like I said, the positivity around it. And, you know, I encourage all companies who are at the start of their journey um, not, not to sort of be put off, uh, to sort of, get things underway and then you know I hope like like we've seen that, that that they will see benefits you know both in terms of the numbers but also like I said you know their, their external brand and their their internal people engagement I mean is that the key just get on with it yeah. <laughs> don't just talk about it but get on with it would you say that sometimes you've just got to pick a corner and start shoveling yeah I, I think yeah. if you sort of boil it down I mean that's very much our ethos at Sky um, you know at one of our key beliefs is sort of believing better and, and that that's a drive forward to, to just keep on getting better and do stuff, not, not talk about it forever. Um, and certainly in this space, I think, you know, like I said, you, you, you can see people talking themselves out of action because it's people related. Uh, you, you will get pushback from, you know, various factions uh, of your employees. Um, you might not think the effort in the short term um, will, will pay back. So my only advice is... <laughs> You know, get step, going, get going <laughs> be brave um, and get after it because it's, it, it's the right thing to do. Let's just talk about being a male ally or a male agent for change in general. Um, what would your advice be to, to um, any men listening to the podcast who, you know, they're maybe thinking, well, you know, I'm all for the right thing and I believe in gender parity, but they don't really know what to do. What would you say to them? Get on with it. <laughs> just get on with <laughs> just it. Just get on with it. Um, Again, I I don't think it's very difficult. I I think it's sort of talking and socialising the fact that, um, you know, the benefits from having a diverse team, which I'm sure anyone who's had different people in their teams or interact with different people, you will see different ideas, different innovation, different cultural benefits. And once you understand that and sit back and maybe a bit like me, sort of think about it a bit more, 
just then getting involved and talking a bit about that, you know, especially if you're a leader um, and deciding to make change, that, that, that that's as simple as it gets. And like I said, it's, it's sort of a bit of focus and a, and a bit of effort. Now, why it's so important for men to get involved is this maths point that I made earlier. We will be, because of the numbers, just m- more uh, likely to be able to make change in organisations. And, you know, if you are a, a sort of a male in an organisation, especially if you're at the top of the organisation, you, you um, hopefully will realise that you can sort of make uh, quite a big difference by just getting involved. Mm. Um, and certainly I'd say to CEOs um, of, of UK businesses, um, and it's worth having a look at the sort of WBC website and, and the MACA toolkit where we're asking sort of CEOs to get involved, to sponsor women themselves and to be advocates. You know, if they really want to make a change and believe in that, that it's as simple as that. That's what mm-hmm. they need to do. And they need to realise, as you say, the power that they have. Yeah. I mean, in a sense, that's part of the structure exactly. at the moment, isn't it? Um, I mean, you, you mentioned you have uh, a daughter and sons. What do you tell your sons? Two daughters and one son. Oh, two daughters and one son. <laughs> He's outnumbered. What do, you tell your son? <laughs> what do you tell your son? I mean, I don't know how old he is, but yeah. I mean, presumably that, you know, you, the, the, the seeds of normality get sown early, don't yeah, they? Yeah. Actually, I don't um, discuss it very much with... Uh, him or actually my, my, my daughters, they both, they all go to the, 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 the same school, mm. um, which is a mixed school. Uh, they want to look at them in their, their social groups. They act the same. There's, you actually don't see any differences. Um, now I'm not sure that's changed over the years. So for me, something obviously happens as they get into the, the mm. workspace, the, the rules start to change. Um, I've started to talk to my eldest a bit more about it. She's, she's just about to turn 18 and taking her A-levels and then, you know, obviously we'll be thinking about whether it's university or work that she, she goes into. Um, and my advice would be to her to sort of, you know, challenge herself, you know, for any job, um, not to sort of constrain herself uh, either you know, because of her own um, beliefs um, or, or any companies that she, she, she goes to um, and to do that in the, the right way. But, you know, sometimes I, I, I look at my, my daughters and I think they do, they do sort of maybe pull themselves back a bit, whereas my son, you know, is full Doesn't. of confidence and, and, and being. Yeah. So, you know, maybe there is a bit of sort of nature and nurturing in that. Um, but ultimately, you know, it, I don't have to really do, do a lot because they are quite even. <laughs> um, so what do you think the biggest shift will or should be in order to influence gender parity? You know, what would you like to see happen in the next five, ten years? I don't know what the lifespan of change is, really. Um, action. Right. Um, I, I think stop talking about it um, and start sort of taking um, a, a lead in it, whether you're women or, or men in, in businesses, because for a society like ours, like I said, you know, the UK is, is sort of at gender parity uh, already. There's no reason why businesses shouldn't uh, reflect that. And we've all got our part to play. Uh, it's not going to be, you know, big step changes and silver bullets. It's going to be practical things is going to be just making things the norm um and you know to to get us started on that that journey we do need the leaders in business to start talking about it start taking some action uh leading from the front and you know in some ways if they're not doing that they should be a bit embarrassed 
I think we'll stop there. Thank you so much, Chris. It's been great to have you in the studio. My pleasure. Thank you. And thank you all for joining us as well on this Every Woman podcast. And we look forward to continuing the conversation with you next time. Don't forget, in the meantime, there's a wealth of information, interest and further talking points on the Every Woman network and app if you want to access on the move. So until we meet again, have a great day and keep on living your best life.